Thank you for downloading Fearless in Devotion, a podcast all about Wrexham AFC. Here they come, our mighty champions, raise your voices to the anthem, marching with our mighty army, Wrexham is the name, Fearless in Devotion. Russell Noel, welcome back to your weekly dose of Fearless in Devotion. With us is Andy, fresh from the USA, looking not so fresh, judging by the shaking of the head. Liam and me, Tim, we're missing Reese. He's MIA on a stag do somewhere. But anyway, we'll plough on regardless. So before we pull no punches towards the start of the season, which by the time this comes out is a mere Five, four days away, four nights away, four sleeps away, where it'll be. MK Don's at home. That has come around rather, rather quick. But until we get to that point, mere housekeeping notes. We have an event on Thursday. It's going to be pretty good. We've got Paul Rutherford, we've got Neil Ashton, Neil Roberts, Wayne Phillips, Gaz Owen, load of stallholders doing Rex related merch. There's eight, nine, ten, maybe those. There's quite a few. It's going to be food available. It's going to be a prize raffle, including this latest prize, which has arrived to me. If you can see it, does it disappear? Mm. No, there it is. No, it, it, that's not that's it's not working, working, mate. It's not working. The background, anyway. Chips Recreate and uh, all gone Hollywood with a cool content book with all the posters and stuff in. So we'll have one of those to give away in the prize draw, amongst many others. Anyway, before we go further, before we rattle through what we need to wrap through, Andy. Not so fresh, our, our very own bootlegger light. Um, have you survived? Are you? Did you actually leave the UK? Yeah, I did actually leave the UK. Uh, I had a great trip, probably probably one of the best trips I've ever had. It was so great to see the the interest out there. Uh, the last few days in 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 Philly broke me, absolutely broke me. Um, I was meeting up with lads for pals from school and Americans uh, out there, you know, Gareth Collins was, was out there as well. And I think we all just wanted to get, to get on the beer and watch Wrexham. And uh, I did it a little bit too much. And so uh, I'm broken. I'm a broken man, but you know, so many people met out there. They, they really love the club. I, I mean, I'm going to miss someone out, but you know, there's uh, Wayne from, uh, from, from Massachusetts. He was great guy took me and Tommy Kaus out for, for for dinner he didn't need to do that um I met my mate John Stewart who I was in Grango with and used to be a YTS at Wrexham and then went across to do a football scholarship and he's bang into it um so many other people you, you met on the way the Michael Sam uh they, they just they just love it so much and you know I, I was at one point and I don't know if it was the ale I was pretty I was pretty stoked up by it. I was pretty choked up. I was, I, you know, you, you don't expect your club to be to be this popular over there, and it, it and it got to me a little bit. I was a little emotional. Uh, yeah, you, you know me. You know me, tired and emotional. It's easy for us to sit here and, and see the the footage, and a lot of it's been incredible. And you know that I can't imagine you can get a true reflection of of how impactive the takeover and the documentaries had in the club unless you're there. So I know you've just reeled off a bunch of friends and this, that and the other, and that you're pretty broken from from the trip. But how how 
big have Wrexham become in America? Very big. Very big. Um, I think this is for a couple of reasons. I think talking to a lot of people, the documentary is cut through because it, it, it's more working class than they're used to for their sporting stars. So a lot of people are taking that on board. There's a guy called Jay who I met out there um, who, who's, who's hoping to come across soon. And he's he wants to set up a food bank project with, with the local food bankers. He says, look, I, I, I see Wrexham in, in where I grew up. And if I can help it and help the town and help the club, I will. Uh, and, you know, he's so passionate about, about doing something like that. And he doesn't need to. I mean, you know, it, it, there's nothing in it for them, but they just, the documentary especially, and them finding out more about the, more about the, the town and the club has, has brought them really close to us, really close. Um, and, and it's amazing. You know what, guys, I wish I could sum it up better than this because I'm, I'm, I'm failing to, 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 to even sort of, scratch the surface of of what it was like and maybe next week I'm a, I'm a bit less jet lagged and and not 90% proof I'll be able to 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 explain it better than I can at the moment but lads honestly start saving go across and do it again next year right that they're going to do it. it it's a brilliant trip it's a brilliant trip with so many people who want to talk to you and you know the football almost for me didn't really matter I mean, you know, mostly when I go away with Wrexham, it's all about the game. The game was irrelevant for for me. It was meeting people before and after, chatting with them in the stands, chatting them into the pub, you know, getting getting on the beers with them. You know, the Declan Swans were were playing in 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 Max Bar, and like it was a heady mix of turf regulars and and Americans there because they, you know, because they want to be a part of it. And ah, guys. Same guys, Liam. What do you think? Well, buddies, what, buddies. I call people buddies now. I'm, I'm, a, I'm an American. Two weeks in Camden, Andy, Andy's out. Going to leave. Yeah. yeah, well, I'm, I'm still not convinced. To be honest, I mean, you know, you get, you get all these little. He's been getting all these people to see it, getting people like Wayne from the turf in on it to send a picture of him on. And I, I know what you can do with AI these days. He was not. I deep faked my US, yeah. Including you dancing to Return of the Mac and throwing out. Questionable dance moves as well. <laughs> wearing very long, very much wearing very long socks, long socks and trainers, which I'll never get over. But there you go. It's uh, it's a gilpin staple of the wardrobe. Um, okay, so I know you just said that the football doesn't matter much, but you look at the results. You know, we won two, drawn one, lost one. The latest game, the draw, Philly Union seconds. What a what can you remember of it? What can you make of it? And obviously, it was um, kind of overshadowed slightly by a two-hour-plus rain delay. Um, yeah. A lot of people, a lot of people, quite surprised about that because I mean, we I think we were we discussing this the other day on Twitter. I can't remember ever sort of playing in a thunderstorm. Um, mm. So probably the right call to make because if somebody, gets a, if, if somebody gets a, 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 a you know. Struck down by lightning. <laughs> yeah, that's the last thing you need. Um, yeah. Right. So, so basically, it was the right call because um, due to the, to the stadium, it's it was very much uncovered. Uh, for large patch waves of it. I, I think it would have attracted lightning, there and you could have you could have there could have been uh, someone someone hurt there. So yeah, I think it was the right call. I was amazed they played the second half, and and I, I probably I wonder if if Parky actually. 
if actually he he wanted that because you know the, the lads are traveling early very early the next next morning so i wonder if it did throw some of their prep out the window now games overall um chelsea let's not forget there was people like nakunu playing for chelsea their new their new sort of star striker Raheem never heard of him. how much is no? he worth how much is he worth never heard of him Oh, I think they paid about sixty million for him, something like that. Mm. Yeah, chicken feet to the likes of Chelsea, who, yeah, who are just buying. But you know what? What Raheem Sterling would be on per week is probably more than our, all our players together. So you know, and yet Ryan Barnett still had him on toast. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, and also I think Chelsea weren't massively better than us, but they took all their chances, and it was our first game of the preseason in front of a crowd. It's always going to take a, a bit of adjusting time. I think um, I think they they needed to win against. Well, yeah, you know, they, they just just to sort of the Gulf. You know, we are better than 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 uh, LA Galaxy two or lost DOS as uh, as the commentator said, uh, and I think that was a bit. Morale boosting, but I think the real thing is beating United, isn't it? And I, we know it's not a full United team, but you've got people like Russell Crowe saying, "Look at this," and putting it on Twitter. And at the end of the day, it's Wrexham three, Manchester United one. Now, obviously, there's a big, there was a big sort of talking point in that, which I think me, me and me and Liam discussed during the week about Mullin and what what we can do, and um, you know, was the keeper to blame? Was it? Um, how are we? How are we going to cope? Uh, but you know, it's still we still beat a Manchester United team, and a lot of people will look at that and and be more fired up f- f- because of that. And, and and I think that the 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 Union game was was it was more of a training session due to the fact that uh, the weather delay meant that they had to play it about two hours later. <clears throat> so I don't think there's a lot really you can gauge from that. And the Union the Union were pretty good. That free kick the lad scored really good. Yeah, it took a deflection. Um, but in terms of, the, the, correct me if I'm wrong, is that the first time we've beat Man United in any competition? Yeah, probably. Yeah, unless there's, I mean, does testimonials I count? Have <laughs> we ever beat them? No. Did we grew two all in the Flynn yeah, testimonial? Was it three each? I think yeah. there was one. There was a four each. There was definitely a, um, a four each because I remember. Yeah. I think it was a midweek, and it was just a bonkers game. Um, it was one of those where we'd have that. So, oh yeah, um, yeah, we've just organised a, a a friendly next week. Who with? Oh, United, and you just have one in the middle of the season, wouldn't you? It was really very different from from now, but yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, you, you you can't really say it's a competitive win, but it's still, you know, we beat Man United. That's that's the bottom line. I'm uh, that's that's what I'm taking from this. You know, yeah. Wrexham three, Man United one. I think. Um... I think the injury overshadowed it somewhat. So pneumothorax and four fractured ribs, I believe. Um, it's been a lot. You, did, you and you, you lads did an emergency pod in the middle of the week. Thanks for everybody viewed that. That was really, really uh, popular by the looks of it. Um, what, what's your thought process behind it? Because obviously there's been a bit of a kickback to the goalkeeper. I think Ryan Reynolds has come out and sort of, um, you know, poured a bit of water on the initial harpy fume. Um, yeah, I mean, for me, it was it wasn't malicious. It was definitely clumsy. But anyway, let's let, let's let's not let's not go over old, fairly oldish news now. And ultimately, we're going into the start of the new season, first time back in the league since two thousand and eight, um, without our star striker. So, 
he remains in America for the foreseeable um, until he's declared fit and well enough to travel. So, um, do you think, can you imagine that's going to be back? He'll be back for the home game? Or do you think it's going to be a couple of weeks off before he gets to come back? I think it's yeah. going to be a bit of a lengthy layoff, to be honest. I wouldn't, I'd be surprised if it's he's back before something like eight weeks. I think it's just the number of ribs he's broken and things like that. You know, I've, I've spoken to a few people who've had similar, and it's it's one of those, isn't it? Where none of us are medical professionals. Let's just put that out there. But they say that like the level of discomfort can be quite considerable. So if you think Mullins a player who doesn't shy away from challenges, if he's going to be throwing himself about, you want to make sure he's you know back and fully fit by the time by the time he comes to play. So. I've heard people saying various things, but I'm just taking the long-term view of it. He's been playing through the pain barrier for us anyway with his knee and stuff. I just say, give the lad a proper rest and let's let someone else take the strain for a bit. Who do you, see, who do you think that'll be? I mean, there was a... Parker did a, a little bit of uh, of tweaking for that game against Philadelphia Union. I didn't have the stamina to stay up for it, unfortunately. Um, so I'm not sure how it panned out, what the what the thought process is going to be. But He's bringing see? someone in. He's bringing yeah. someone in, it, and yeah. it will be in the next few days. Oh, is that, is that, is that a, an in-the-know, Andrew Gilpin? No, no, no. no yeah, well, I mean, Cow uh, spoke to him before, and, you know, he is, he is bringing someone in. Okay. Um, better, so, better than what we've I, got? Sorry? Better than what we've got? Yeah. They'll, they'll look to upgrade a little bit. I mean, I've only seen uh, bits and pieces of Waters, um, but you know, he was brought in as as a as as a makes you know like a stopgap. So you know, just to make sure we had enough cover everywhere. And I do, and I, and I do wonder if uh, Parky will be looking to bring in a bit more quality uh, than that up front. Now, you know, I, I keep saying maybe alone alone bid because it helps out how many youth team players and, and things like that. You. You have, but but I don't know. And you know, anytime I try and guess a Wrexham signing, they absolutely pull something completely different out of the bag. So I've no idea who who it might be. But I think it's a Mulling type striker. Um, he's I think he won't play. He won't play Palmer and Dolby up front together. I think he thinks they're too similar. Um, so yeah, he'll want some sort of quicker fox in the box sort of uh, player to play with either Palmer or, or Dolby and then they can wait for, for Mullin to come back. Whilst we're on the subject, seeing as we have been picking our um, our preferred lineups, whether it's goalkeeper, defence, midfield, we're now onto the strikers. So while we're, while we're on the subject, who is your preferred two? If you, let's just say he doesn't get the striker of the line, whoever that may be, for now, who do you go with what we've got? Yeah, I think you've obviously got to work on that basis if we're picking our team because you know we haven't got any idea what's going to happen in the next week. So I think working off that basis for me, it's not a perfect situation, but I would start with Palmer and Waters because at the moment Waters is the closest that we've got to Mullin backup. I'm not saying their style of play is exactly the same, but as Andy mentioned before, that's the purpose he was brought in for. So. I think if it, things were to go forward as they are, that would be it. But I'd be very surprised if they didn't bring someone in. You only have to look at how fast they moved with Owen O'Connell um, when those injuries cropped up in January. So, but yeah, if it's as is, Waters and Palmer. 
Yeah, I agree. And I think you've got to give Waters a chance. You did bring him in. Okay, he might be a stopgap, but you brought him in for a very specific reason to play when Mullen is injured. Now Mullen is injured and you don't play him. Um, you know, that, that doesn't make sense to me. You know, and, and it could be that strikers sometimes when they start well at a club and get a few goals, they go on golden runs and they become better, better players. You remember like Gary Bennett, everyone was looking at his goal record when he when he joined us and went, ooh, I'm not sure about him. But he started well for us and became almost a different player uh, past the age of 30 than he, than, than he was before. So it, it, it can happen, you know. Waters could be, could be, uh, could be, <laughs> could be. You know, you you might not be able to get him out of the team. But you know, I think, I think, if Parky does bring someone in, um, I think they'll play with with Palmer, um, with Dolby on the bench. What about you, Tim? Uh, the more I think, the more I thought about it, the more I like the idea of having a Palmer, Dolby double act. Just for sheer strength, height, brute force. Dalby's not exactly slow, so you know I, I just I like the idea of that, and then having that luxury of bringing Waters off the bench because he's like you know a little yapping terrier that's going to like get amongst them with that energy later on in the game. But yeah, I, I get what, where you're both coming from in that Waters is kind of the foil. You know, you sort of, almost like you little and large scenario and I'm calling him he is significantly shorter than Mullin but yeah I, I, I just think you know we're going to see a, a, a bigger physicality in this league I think and I think sometimes you have to fight fire with fire and I just think having those two up top defenders will go Jesus Christ one's quite big but you've got this other guy who's got shoulders like a bloody quarterback as well so yeah I, I just I just like that I don't know, psychological aspect straight straight away. That you know, you line up in the tunnel, go, are these there two up top? They're massive. So I don't know. Whether it counts for anything, I don't know. But yeah, that yeah. would be my my one. Let us know what you think. Email us fidzine at gmail.com. Tweet us at fearless idzine, whatever. Let us know what you think. Do you agree or disagree with any of our our picks for our preferred two up front? You'll probably go with three up front now. You watch. Like a change is a four three three. Oh, you know, and 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 he's he's got Lee. Lee yes. could play, could play up front and could play the the the, the Mullin role. But then you're missing out, you're missing him from midfield there. And um, Jordan would be the the first player you'd look to, to bring in to replace Lee if you wanted to go down that road. Mm, okay. Well, before we bring you our guest, who is almost. Almost certain, fingers crossed, no injuries permitting between now and then to start against MK Dons. A few more little bits to go through. There was a article this week on the BBC that uh, focused on Wrexham Football Club's um, ability to fly air travel to National League games. I think it was 14 occasions off the top of my head. Um, I put it out there. I wouldn't say it was divisive. Most people were like, well, it, it's not like it was a chartered plane. It was already a plane that was there. They just happened to go on it. So therefore, it's a normal scheduled flight. Um, obviously, Stockport did it a few times last season. We've done it several times the season just gone. What's your what's your take on it? Because a lot of people are quite rightly or wrongly, depending on your perception and your point of view of it, that this doesn't fall in line with one of the, the mission statements about being 
whatever the phrase was. I can't remember what it was. Liam, tell ex- me. Yeah, I've got you the exact in front of me. You can rely on me for the mission statement. Um, <laughs> so it is commit to a more ecologically sustainable version of the club and stadium is the exact wording on that one. So for, for me, because some people have been questioning if it's even a valid story, I think because that's in as a hard promise on the mission statement, I think from a journalistic perspective, that's fair game, isn't it? You know, it's public interest. There's something that slightly goes against the grain of, of what they've said in their mission statement. So I thought some of the stuff having a pop at the BBC was, yeah, a bit, a bit much. Um, I think, I, I do think there's an element to which if it wasn't Wrexham, would it have been as big a story? You know, would it, would it have been the focus? No, because at the moment we're flavour of the month. We, you know, we speak to people we know that story about Wrexham get hits, don't they? So there is an element of that, I do think, uh, all that said. But it's a difficult one to gauge because, you know, it's like we're not the only club doing it. And they'll go, oh, but it's a, a National League club. And it's like, does it really matter? Does it matter if you're Man United, if you're Wrexham? It's you know much of a muchness in, in that respect. I think one of the things that was interesting there was there was this talk of these holding flights where planes run empty, um, and f- yeah, so it does seem a bit. Some of it does seem a bit excessive. But if I remember right, it wasn't the incentive to the players. Essentially, they liked the fact that they could fly to match. I think they did it once. Was it when they had the royal visit or something like that? It was something to do with logistics. And the players basically said, we like this. And the owner said, well, okay, as long as you keep winning, you know, you can do it. So from a gains perspective, you know, we talk about marginal gains and things like that quite a lot. I can see the logic in it. Um, but I do think there is a case to answer for, okay, what can the club do to to offset that, perhaps? Andy, what's your thought on it? Um, I didn't really, didn't really cut cut through for me to be honest I'll be honest um, I mean I've just taken a plane to follow Wrexham in in the pre-season so I can't really take a moral high ground uh, on that and you know wait even when you're there you've, you're crisscrossing the country from from east to west so well, you got, you got your car running outside just for the hell of it just, just yeah to... I'm going to turn all the radiators planet on killer <laughs> yeah um, so yeah I, I, I don't care I'll be honest I don't care if it helps if it helps the the players win games. That's fine. Um, I mean, you know, Liam's got a lad and he has to think about the planet, but you know, I don't. He's 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 coughing here in the background. I can hear him downstairs. <laughs> Just for clarity, we are not sponsored by Greenpeace. We are indeed sponsored by the Fat Boar, and not to be confused. But I just wanted to get that in there because I didn't mention it earlier. So there we are. Okay, so that's that one crossed. That's that one crossed. Um, yeah, I think that's pretty much everything on the on the housekeeping front, isn't it? I'm not sure if there's anything else. I've got myself a nice new uh, sleeveless uh, training shirt from from the club shop in midweek, and one of those grey ones from the tour. Absolutely rinsing my wallet. The season tickets have started to land. That's a good thing, obviously, because we're going to need them. Um, but yeah, one of those players that we're going to be excited to watch in all his glory, a full season with us, is our superstar from Solihull, Mr. Ryan Barnett. He kindly took time out to speak to us recently for the fanzine, so here's the full audio of that. Enjoy. Let's cut straight to it. Um, We had Humphrey Carr on on the pod the other week, and he said, you know, the players that we brought in 
uh, late in in the season, such as yourself and such as Ben Foster, was, was maybe there to kind of act as reinforcements. I don't think anybody knew or expected the kind of impact that you both had. Mm-hmm. So let's pull no punches. When you came in, did you think you were going to play as much as you did? Obviously, it was you know unfortunate circumstances which which led to you getting mm-hmm. the game plan yeah. with Fordy. Um, behind the scenes so what was your initial thinking when you came in was it just a case of sit and be patient um I'd say I'd say when when I first came in I probably wouldn't have had any arguments with not playing because you look at the the points that the the team had put on the board already in the season um and it's hard for a manager to change a winning team really and and this team was pretty much winning every single week so as a player there's, there's not much you can say but um, although it was unfortunate circumstances with Fordy and and really really sad to hear that I got I got my chance and and um, I think I think it probably took me one one or two games to to find my feet. Um, I think Maidenhead because I'd only I'd only really played uh, right wing back sort of a handful of times in my career until until now. But I, I know it's a position I can play. Um, and then I think after the after the Maidenhead game and then and then I thought I did well in the Dagenham game. Um, and I think that's when the fans kind of got used to me as well, as me getting used to them, um, yeah. where I felt more comfortable. And and I'd, I'd say I'd de- I've definitely played a lot more games than I expected to. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a stranger, isn't it? Because like we said, we, we, we kind of had an idea. You get a lot of fans of this division, especially mm-hmm. fans of a club that's been in it for 15 years. <laughs> People yeah. will know about players and players that they've come across before and think, oh, yeah, that, that could be a good signing. So I think a few people, when, when we were rumoured to, to be in for you, they said, that's, that's going to be really good. But like you said, where is he going to play? Because yeah, like you said, the, the squad is, is playing and performing, game in, game out, and getting the results. So yeah. when, when, when you do come into that environment, what, what what was it like? Because a lot's been made of um, a kind of band of brothers, kind of um, you know, all for one, bomb for all scenario. And I spoke to Elliot Lee earlier on today, and everybody seems to say the same thing. In, in that, literally, almost everybody, I imagine most, if not all, all get on really, really well. Was did that help when you came into that dressing room? That immediately, it was like, did you feel like you'd been there a lot longer than you had been? Yeah, well, especially with sort of leaving leaving Solihull, I'd say I was the happiest I've been in in my football career during my time there. I made a, I made a lot of good friends. Some people who are probably my best friends now. Um, so the decision to leave was a, a really really tough one. I'll be honest, it was really tough, um, but it's turned out to be the best decision that I ever made because when I when I did come in, like you say, then with with the boys, they were. All brilliant, every single one of them. There's there's not one in that dressing room that you can name that, that's an idiot. There's there's none. When I first come in, that everyone speaks to you, everyone's really polite, and then it going straight into the team that obviously helps t- to get to know people. But I think even if I wasn't playing, like with, with Billy, I know he's only made one appearance, but straight away with him as well, he was straight into the group, and and everyone in that dressing room really helped me settle in. So I think that only made the transition easier. Yeah. Yeah, and it was it was that was that does that extend to the management as well? Because obviously, when 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 it's made known that you are wanted by another club, 
forget forget that the fact it's Wrexham and and, and the mm-hmm. owners else from it. But if somebody of Phil Parkinson's caliber and, and backstory shows an interest and says, you know, I, I really want to get him here, mm-hmm. that must be a massive, massive compliment to you to hear that as well, because you know he, he's he's a very well experienced manager, experienced former player. Yes. Did that have a big pull as well in in, in sort of coming that somebody of his caliber wanted to have you as part of that group? Hundred percent. You look at you like you said, he's an experienced manager and he's done a lot in the game already. And uh, when I signed, I had sort of had probably an hour conversation with him on the phone. And at that point, I'd probably say I was I was sixty percent there. But as soon as I spoke to him and I had that conversation with him, it it didn't really take much persuading. It it didn't really take long at all, to be honest with with his plans for the club, his plans for the team and his plans for me as well. So it obviously when you've got a manager of that calibre and his experience saying that he wants you to, to, to be a part of his team, it's obviously very flattering, yeah. Was it, was that part of that conversation was, you know, you might have to be patient as well because of what we've just discussed in that is the yeah. but we, we yeah, I think, yeah, it was it was probably a bit obvious to me at, the, at that point with with how well the team were doing that that I might have to be patient and and I was happy to do that because I, I back my own ability, and I know in, in training and stuff like that, I could I could show him what, what I can do. But even if I didn't play, I think I think his plans for the for the team, the club, and and myself is massive. So I would have been all right with not even playing a game if we got promoted. <laughs> who's the, who's your roomie? Who, who have you paired up with so far? Who's the who's, uh, the, who's the bromance so with? It started off with uh, Callum McFadden, but obviously he's been um, injured and red cards and and stuff like that recently. So. I've I've mainly been grouping with Max Clayworth, um, so I, I really get along well with him to be honest. And he he's sort of probably closest to around my age in the squad, so yeah. we have that a little bit more in common than the other boys. But I think it goes back to our, your question before. I, I think I could room with with anyone in the team, and and it would be fine. Has Max started shaving yet? Because I mean, every time <laughs> I've met him in person at, at, a, at a meeting, it's like, is he really? A professional footballer. <laughs> I mean that in the nicest sense. Yeah. And he said to me, he looks more like a like a personal fitness instructor than an actual <laughs> Yeah, no, he, he's, all, he, he, he's very softly spoken, isn't he? Well, what is he? Is he a bit nuts behind the scenes? I want something to say that he's wild or something, you know. I mean <laughs> he seems no. relatively calm. No, he, he's really nice. I just don't think he's quite blessed in the in the facial hair department quite yet. <laughs> I think he'll have to wait a few more years for that, but he said to me the other day he's been trying to grow it for four years and still nothing. So um, I'm sure it'll come at some point. Is he going to Las Vegas? Yeah, he's coming. Yeah, I, I I'm rooming with him as well there actually as well. It's going to be some sort of hangover disaster where he, he comes back with a mullet and a beard or something. <laughs> yeah, that'd be. No, I'll, I'll, I'll look after him. I'll take him under my wing. Yeah, he's a, he's a good lad. To be fair, he's a good lad. Um, yeah. So just in terms of how the season has panned out. Obviously, it's panned out how we all wanted it too. I think it's been very well documented that you were in the playoff final last year with Solihull yeah. and our our friends from Grimsby, who I can't wait to play next year because we owe them one. Um, <laughs> you know, ultimately, they they defeated you. And I think you said at the time that that's one of the feelings that you never, ever want to witness again. So is it fair to say that winning this title has, has kind of laid that ghost to rest? Hundred percent. I think I think I've said it in previous interviews before that the, the work we put in over that season to get as high as we did in the league and to get ourselves into that playoff final for 
a club the size of Solihull at the moment, no disrespect to them, but they're not a huge club in that league compared to others. Um, we felt it was a massive achievement and we were we were 20 minutes away from League Two, myself included. Um, and it was obviously extremely disappointing. And the feeling I had for myself and for my teammates as well was was a horrible one. And I've used, ever since that year, that game, I've used that feeling as a driver for every single game to to always give 100% and to, to try and put myself in the best position to never have, have to lose a player final again. Um, it was, I've also, I also knew a few of the Grimsby players as well. So it was a little bit more, more sour and the manager uh, I had at Shrewsbury is at Grimsby now and was at Grimsby when they beat us. So uh, it wasn't the greatest feeling, but um, no, this year has definitely, has definitely, um, Put me back on the right track with with getting promotion, and I'm really happy we did it. Who's your Who's your team then, Barney? What, what's Who do you support? I'm always curious to know what what teams players support. You know, so I, I support Liverpool. I don't really have any sort of personal ties to Liverpool. You know, people say, "Oh, does your dad support?" My dad supports Leeds, and he he, he used to go home and away with his dad, but uh, he tried to put me in Leeds kits all the time, but I wasn't having any of it because at the time. Um, I actually used to be a centre mid, so I, I loved Steven Gerrard growing up. So I was obsessed with Steven Gerrard and I just kind of supported Liverpool because he was playing for him. So, yeah. Nice. So you, you play centre mid. What, what, when was the conversion to, to a winger? What, what, what point was that? Was that Shrewsbury, Telford? That was... Um, so I came through the academy at Shrewsbury from, from eight to... I think I was 21 when I ended up leaving there. but. Um, as a kid, I'd say from about eight until sixteen, I played centre mid and number ten in the youth team. I was I was a number ten, and then Paul Hurst, who's obviously the Grimsby Grimsby manager now, was the Shrewsbury first team manager at the time. He watched a couple of our games, and he said that you, you'll get into my team if you play on the wing. I think he saw bits of my game that that probably suited me more in a wider role. So I'd say I got I got a contract with Shrewsbury. My first professional contract uh, was halfway through my first year scholarship, um, and then he kind of said, "Look, it, you should probably try playing on the wing," which I did for the second year, and then obviously came through there really. So it was sort of when I was about sixteen, seventeen, I made the transition to a winger, and then I, I played in the first team as a winger. I played I've played right wing back when I was at Shrewsbury, but. I'd say it was mainly as a wing guard. I've played on the left wing as well under Sam Ricketts. And then when I went to Telford, I was I played wing back at Telford actually. Um, but also in the second loan when I went there, I was, that was when probably I mainly played as a winger and then the, the year and a half at Solihull. You mentioned Sam Ricketts. Um, I've got to ask you about him. I'm glad you brought it up because I completely forgot <laughs> you played him. Um, yeah. Obviously, he, he managed us. Yeah. Um, and was doing quite well, obviously, when he, when he moved to Shrewsbury. Mm-hmm. What was that like? Because it, it it kind of you kind of left under a bit of a cloud because obviously we were doing well, yeah. and then it was like, oh right, you jumping ship a bit too quick, and obviously Wrexham machines we've got quite a history in terms of rivalry. So yeah. when he came, how did that pan out? Because we we've had him on the pod and we spoke to him, and he, he's a very good talker. You know, quite a nice guy. He's been there and done yeah. it at level. How how did you find him? Um, for me personally, he, he was actually really good for me. He, he, um, I know he had sort of uh, youth spells in, in the youth team at Wolf, so he, he seemed quite good with with younger players. Um, I'd, I'd say the first year he was there, 
I, I didn't really, really get much chances and then went on loan to Telford and that was when I, I started to improve my game a little bit more. Um, and then I think it was the the COVID year, I think I sort of made 12 appearances before he was he was obviously sacked. Um, but I'd say he was he was probably one of the managers who actually put me decided to put me out on the pitch. Um, he, I think he knew he could see the ability that I that I'd got and, and the growth that I could have under him. But obviously, it didn't it didn't really work out. So he was sacked, and then a new manager comes in, and it's a new opinion, isn't it? And um, he needed to get to, to get us out of a rut at that time. We was in the relegation zone, so didn't really get much chances under the the next one. Yeah. Okay. So you're aware you've got your own song. I am. <laughs> it's 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 slowly getting there. It's yeah, slowly... it's getting louder and louder, but game by game, it definitely got louder. Um, I, I, it was pretty loud at Tor- Torquay, from what I can remember. Yeah. Sure then, um, is that is that a buzz for you? Because I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying this because I'm on I'm on the phone to you, but most people I've spoken to, if not all people I've spoken to, you know, now the season is done, have all said that. You know, if if this if you'd have come in a bit earlier, you'd be well up there with player of the season contender. If you take out Moles' goals and stuff, that's kind of like emphasizes the impact you've had. So is it like to have that song and to have that recognition? Is that quite nice from from a from a personal point of view? Yeah, I think I think when when you hear the fans singing songs about you after sort of eleven or so games, I think it is. It's 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 one of the best feelings, you know. When when you hear it in a game, it it does give you that that extra five ten percent when you're tired and you hear the fans chanting your name and stuff like that. Or if you've done something good and they and they give you a chant, it's it's brilliant. So it's it's definitely the, the fans have I felt have really really helped me settle in as well. I know I think it, like I said before, it probably took me a few games to settle in, and it probably took a few games for them to sort of get used to what my game is, what my strengths are, weaknesses, but. They've definitely really gave me more confidence when I'm playing because you, you can hear that that chant coming through and you see all the the positive comments on social media and stuff like that. But no, no, it's it's really it's really helped me and it's been brilliant. Which uh, is there's only players that are whinging that they haven't had a song yet. I got I got asked this <laughs> once today. It's like it's got to be somebody somewhere saying, "Why have they got a song for me yet?" I, I don't <laughs> think so. But but I think fans are so creative these days that I think. Almost everyone in 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 the side will will have a chant at some point because I didn't see my one coming out of anywhere and then you look at it and it's it's stuck in everyone's heads at the moment, so it's it's great. Just um, you know, before I kind of let you go and wind down on this, in terms of the last the last running and the title charge with Notts County, it was just insane wasn't it I mm-hmm. mean yeah I think I think Connor Rawlinson has alluded to it from Lawrence County in the, in the sense that if both these sides weren't as good as one another there's no way they would have pushed each other to the heights they reached in terms mm-hmm. of the point and stuff how, how was it as a, as a group of players was it a case of well we know they're there breathing down our necks but we kind of kind of let it fade into the background and not look at the result until you've dealt with your own business is that is that kind of how it panned out yeah i think that was definitely the message from the from the management staff as well it was we focus on ourselves all we can do is focus on our performance and the three points will come every game and then we'll worry about what other people are doing after um i think 
Notts County, they're, they're a brilliant team, one of the best that I've seen since I've been in this league. Um, and I probably do agree that maybe if, if Notts County weren't breathing down our necks or we weren't we weren't up theirs, then then maybe we wouldn't have picked up as many points. But pressure makes diamonds and th- th- they've put the pressure on and we, we've responded to that really well by obviously beating them at home and and, and but even the Bourne Wood game and games like that that, that are huge. But um, I, re- I really think this team has has got such a strong character to block out all the all the media that's go- that was going on with uh, North County and who's going to win the league, who's going to who's going to break the goals record, all this points record, all that kind of thing. Um, but it just shows the character of the group and and the sorts of leaders we have in the group to keep us level headed and and get the job done. At what point did you think? Uh, I'm, I think we've done it. Was it was it earlier in in you know in your time with the club, or was it during that Bournemouth game? I, I I personally think for me when when we beat Notts County that was sort of like okay we're nearly there now, but we've still got some big games to come. And f- for me anyway, I'd say until the last the last ten minutes of the Bournemouth game. I probably didn't even think that we'd still do it. I thought, oh, have we, are we sure we've got all the points? Are we, like, is this is this real? Because I think that the last ten minutes of the the Bournemouth game, I was just I was just existing on the pitch. I was just thinking, have we actually done this? What's going on? Looking at everyone around, what's going on? But it's yeah, it was it was it was brilliant. It was just that game was was mental. I can't remember the last ten minutes of the game. <laughs> A weekend, we were like, this is down <laughs> "Please, this has got to be it now." Well, when when all fans came on, what what was the? How did you get accosted? Because I know um, Elliot was telling me he got kissed, bear hugged, kissed, but almost virtually everything, apart from probably I, I don't know. He, he, he pretty much got held aloft and and dragged around by twenty people. Yeah. So all I remember is the whistle went, and I know where my family sit. So I looked over to them, waved at them, and then looked the other way and seen sort of 10 huge men sprinting at me and then just felt a massive thud and like I thought I'd been speared by about 10 of them. Um, but then, I'm, but somehow I finished on the, on the right hand side of the pitch as you're looking at where, where the new stand's going to be. So I'm yeah. on the right hand side and I don't know how, but I somehow ended up the opposite side by the dugouts on someone's shoulders within the space of 30 seconds. So it was, um, it was definitely crazy and, uh, but to to be on someone's shoulders and scarves being thrown at you and all that kind of thing with thousands of people running up to you, it was, it was fantastic. Was that kind of like one of those moments that that game and the parade last night, where where you can you kind of it hits it hits home potential for the club and even I mean it, it hits home for a lot of fans as well because you know success has been few and far between the twenty years since our last promotion. So mm-hmm. for it to be um, the spotlight to, to be on rolling BBC News yesterday and on the ten o'clock news yeah. is just absolutely wild. Did, did you kind of get a, a sense from then that yeah, I know I made the bit the, the right move, but where, where it's heading, it's only an up, up yeah. structure, isn't it? Yeah, I'd, I'd say definitely one hundred percent with with the parade um, yesterday. That was sort of you, you realise the amount of people that are there and and the people that are supporting this club. It's you, you wouldn't see those kind of numbers in, at some League One clubs, maybe even the Championship. It, it was honestly ridiculous the, the support this club gets and obviously the media attention is brilliant and it's, it just really does show 
that that this journey has really got no limits, really. What's been your personal highlight of the club so far, whether it's off the pitch, whether it's on the pitch? Is there anything that, that really sort of stands out for you? Um, I'd probably say um, the for myself, probably the York, the York City game at home. I think that was probably one of my best games since I've been here. Maybe maybe, maybe second half against Yeovil. Um, but that that game, I, I've really sort of, I came off that pitch thinking I've, I've, I've really settled in now and, and I hope people sort of understand what kind what kind of player I am and, and what I could bring to this team. Um, so I, I think that that game really really gave me some added confidence to to be like, yeah, I can do it. I've, I've settled in and, and hopefully the fans saw that that's the kind of player, player I am and, and they get used to it. Do you base your game on any particular players? Because... We've had. It's been a long time since we've had a, a tricky winger, and by that I mean somebody who's like where you want players, especially wingers, to get you on the edge of your seat and go mm-hmm. direct and beat the man. I think you said in your interview that it's all about one-on-one dominance and kind of winning that battle. So, is there yeah. any sort of players from the past that you thought, yeah, I kind of want to be anywhere close to that? Um, I, I won't really say too many too many big names. Obviously, you watch you watch Premier League footballers, you watch Ronaldo, Messi, and, and players like that. But I'd, I'd probably say when, when I was younger, coming through at Shrewsbury Academy, it was probably uh, a player called Sean Morley. Um, yeah, yeah. I'd probably say um, he was sort of in my position as I was I was coming through, and obviously it got to the point where I was training with him and and seeing him play for Shrewsbury and. And I'd like to think I'm, I'm I'm similar to some parts of his game. I think he's he's sort of a quick, tricky winger as a bit as a skill now and then. Really good delivery and can chip in with a goal or two. So um, obviously, I, I watch I watch a lot of big name players. But if I probably had to say the most influential, it was probably watching him even in training and stuff like that. You've got a bit of a thing going on with Elliot Lee backstick, um, backstick boys, <laughs> backstick boys. That's yeah. That's the flag. We'll do that. We'll yeah. So, that. so he he actually said, uh, if a couple of weeks, I think before the Boreham Wood game, he said every time you get it, Barney, I'm going to the back stick. So that obviously that one time he goes to the back stick and rises like a salmon and um, puts it in. Yeah, it was brilliant that it came to fruition. But that that Boreham Wood one was that was special because we kind of we kind of see it. We kind of see the movement. It's like oh. He's going to pop it in here and it's just a great, yeah. great goal. Yeah. Did you know then you thought, right, we're back on level terms now? Because Elliot said before that you just, you just kind of like just making us angry by scoring early. early yeah. Off. Do you know what? I think, I think the, in my own head anyway, when, when they scored so early, it was just like, okay, we go again. I was, I really wasn't, I wasn't, I didn't get more nervous. I didn't get more scared because I know that like Elliot said, it would just make us angry and try even harder and and try and get back in the game. But no, it was. Um, I think it was good to, that we responded so quickly as well. I know it was only sort of thirteen minutes after or whatever it was, um, but that really put us on the front foot. Um, and I think then we we pretty much dominated them. So kind of the final kind of question for me because I've kept you for half an hour. And I really appreciate That's it. That's all right. Um, where can this team go? Because it, we're all saying it as, as kind of excited observers. And I think maybe even Parky said it himself as that 
you know, we've got leaders in the team, we've got people who've dropped down from those levels, and it's about getting this team progressing. And I think it's I think it's eleven teams that have done successive promotions from the National League and League Two and run straight to mm-hmm. League One. Um I I imagine that confidence is high that that it can be done. You know, players will leave and players will come in, but mm-hmm. I imagine the confidence is there um for it to have a good go of it next season. Is that a fair fair point? Yeah, hundred percent. You look at we've we've broke the record for the for the most points in the national league, and and we know it's it's really hard league to get out of. But the same league league two is obviously a, a very tough league to get out of. But if we we'll we'll carry that momentum from from the season we've just had, and we all know in that dressing room that the target is promotion. So we'll come back firing all, on all cylinders, hopefully, and come back fit and strong, and and give it our best shot. Yeah. Have you sort of had any, any sort of uh, discussions with Rob and Ryan? Because I kind of asked most of the players. Everybody seems to have had a dialogue with them at some point, and they must you must be buzzing. Is that weird? It's still weird for us. So it's um it is extremely weird. I think sometimes you have to take a step back and and realise who you're actually speaking to. Sometimes I remember the uh, the night I signed, and then getting a text from an American number that was, and it was obviously obviously Ryan. Um, that was, I think that was kind of when it sunk in how how big this club is. Um, but you, when they're when they're over, they're 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 just like normal people. It's what it's what you realise. Obviously, they've got the the superstar status. But when you when you actually get to know them personally, and they and they get to know your families, and you have conversations with them when they're over, it's um, you you do sort of get used to it. But then you take a step back and think, hang on, <laughs> who am I speaking to here? But no, it's um, they're they're really good, and, and they've been really good with me since I've joined as well. They're they're always keeping in contact, uh, texting me after games and stuff like that. And when they're over, they they do take their time to to speak to you. So it's good, yeah. How did you feel when that first text dropped? Do you think somebody having me on? Maybe I don't know. I I, I genuinely did, but because it was an American number, I thought okay. But I quickly texted all my friends just to re- just to make sure they weren't weren't trying to have me on a little bit, but. No, it was yeah, it was it was a surreal moment, but but it was really good at the same time. What have you got to say? What have you got him saved as on, the, on your phone? Is it Boss Rye? It's just it's just Ryan Reynolds. I think that that's <laughs> enough. It's, that's enough as it is. Oh, Doesn't like need explaining. Out. No, exactly. Yeah, it's, that's that's pretty high end, isn't it? I imagine that's the most yeah. famous uh, name in your. Oh, by far. By along far. with Sean, along with Sean Wally and Sam Ricketts. Yeah, yeah, they're them two are in there as well. Yeah, that's a pretty, pretty decent company, that, I'd say. Yeah. Um, Barney, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for taking time no, thank out. Thank you. Um, thank you very much to Ryan for taking time out. Really enjoyed that. Very interesting story about how a former Wrexham player in, uh, in Sean Wally inspired him. Bizarre, but quite nice as I well. Sean Wally would inspire anyone, judging his... Uh... Judging his uh, spell with us, I mean, I, I think I, I think Wally, you could tell it was talent there, and he has gone and shown it at different clubs. But he was a victim of uh, of the Brian Brian Little era, wasn't he? Where I think Brian just tried to redo or right like, reassign the um, the Tranmere team from five years before. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, it's uh, it's a dark day, and those were dark days in our period, and we don't have them anymore. Um, so yeah. Great stuff, Liam. Did you uh, did you enjoy Mr. Barnett? Are you are you excited to see him again? Because I think he's going to be a massive, massive player for us again. Yeah. 
so I can't remember who it was who was um, reviewing the start of our season was saying that they think our weakness is at wing back and they were basically saying both sides and I was like have you seen Ryan Barnett he's absolutely lethal and I just I think he could thrive in the foot he's one of those players as well he could thrive in the football league completely so I'm really looking forward to seeing him again and I like the fact that we've annoyed some Shrewsbury fans um, with him in the team was it some of his mates he was saying so yeah more of that Let's keep annoying Shrewsbury. Yeah. Um, just just while we're here, so obviously we all hate Chester first. Who who is your second pick for for hate hating? I mean, I mean Tranmere, Shrewsbury, Hereford hate us. I don't know why bloody Hereford hate us. I think for me growing up, it was Shrewsbury for me. I, I, and I don't really know why. I only saw us against them a couple of times. I can just remember what the atmosphere was like. It was just, I think it's, it, again, it's that, you know, proximity. They're pretty close to us. Um, and from what I'm told, even while we've been languishing, they still haven't lost their uh, hatred of us either. So, yeah. Mm, yeah. It's a tough one, you know. I mean, hate's a strong word, but yeah, I mean, the thing with Chester now kind of feels like an irrelevance. To be honest, um, yeah, you're hitting a puppy. Newport um, be fun this season, won't it? Yeah, yeah Newport be fun. I think. You know what? Yeah, I'm still going to stick with Shrewsbury just because you know, the scars are really healed from that five 0 drubbing they gave us last time we were up there at the ground. That was particularly painful. Did not enjoy it in the slightest. Um, Cardiff for me. Ooh, yeah, Cardiff, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cardiff for me. I mean, I remember going down and the, the, then bricking the coach, and I was a young lad and scared witless. So yeah, I can I can remember the venom there. So yeah, Cardiff for me. Wow. Okay. Okay. Um, also, should mention um, the passing of uh, Anthony Mark Jones, who was a prominent member of Wrexham Supporters Trust. Sadly passed um, earlier this week very unexpected. I don't think I had any sort of dealings with him. Did, did you know much about him, Liam? But it's, it's still a massive... Uh, I, massive I'm, I'm sure someone mentioned that he um, he was one of the guys who sold uh, tickets under the Mold Road stand. Um, okay. So I remember I remember him from that. It seemed like a, a decent guy. It's just, it's just a shame to see us losing. Again, it just seems to be an unfortunately fairly regular thing of great supporters going before their time. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, obviously <laughs> condolences to his family and friends. Yeah, R.I.P. I think there is, a, there is a, an online thing for, for donations um, to go towards Dynamic and Salvation Army. So if you go to anthony-mark-jones.muchlove.com where you can read about him and give a donation, that'd be great. Anyway, um we're just days away from the new season. I can't. The new EFL League Two season. We need to do predictions. We need to do. Well, predictions. I know I'm getting to that point. No, <laughs> Jesus Christ, give us a rest. But yeah, these Philadelphians, eh? I know. Yeah, you can't you just can't rest now. Can you? Can't relax. Um, I'll be honest. Initially, after the first few weeks of close season, I was just like, I'm, I'm glad to see the back of football because of how intense that season was. And then there's, there was like a mid-close season lull. And I was like, yeah, I need it back now. And I'm ready for it. It's going to be great. We're still going to only have three new floodlights in place. And I don't think the, the fourth one's going to be going in yet, by all accounts. There's still a bit of conjecture over that. 
But yes, predictions. I know absolutely nothing about MK Dons. And that's not being disrespectful. I just had no cause to look. Um, I should have done. I should have made use of my Sunday with a bit more productivity and had a look. But they've had a few players leave. I think Will Grigg left there. He went to Chesterfield and he cited a Welcome to Wrexham documentary as a reason for him moving. I can't remember what the exact quotes were, but he did. Anyway, MK Dons. What are your memories of there? Have you, either of you been? I went to their old hockey, national hockey stadium, and then I went to their new stadium, but it was cold off due to a frozen pitch. And I never never got to go to the rearranged game on Tuesday night, which we lost. No, um, I've, I've never been there. It's it's one of the six grounds I've got to 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 cross off the list this season. Um, what are uh, your six? That's, that's one of them. What's the other five? Oh, God. Right. I've never been to Harrogate. I've never been to Bradford. Um, I've never been to Morecambe. Um, there was another up north, which, which I've not done. Um, yeah, I've not been to Wimbledon, AFC, or, no. or, or Dons. So yeah, so yeah, I'm, and I'm managed to uh, to cross one off the list next. Uh, well, the week after next, so that's great. Right, uh, I'm going to go first. I'm going to go one each. I think MK Dons are, you know, they're relegated from League One. They're not a bad. Side, they've brought in some some players. I think they are spending a bit of cash. I think they want to get back up. I think they think that League One topper echelons is is their natural place, and I think it will be a little bit tougher, especially without Mullin. So yeah, I can see us them going ahead and us and us equalising one each. Safety. You can tell Reese is in the house. That's, that was like a Reese prediction. Um, Liam. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna shock people even more because I'm going for emotional hedging, and I'm gonna predict that we're going to lose two one, but in a wow. weird way I almost feel like we perhaps need a defeat at some point in the early stages just to remind us that we're not invincible and that this is going to be a tougher league for us to play in. I'm not saying I want it to happen, but I've just got a feeling it might happen early stages, and yeah, Mister Misery. Wow. Um, I am going to go with a win. I think recently, whether it's the, the, the flying story or a few of the bits, there's been a, a couple of little kind of pot shot stories of the club. And I think that'll, that'll, that will ensure the siege mentality plus the Mullen injury. And I think they'll be delighted to get back in front of a home crowd under the, the new, new lights, although technically they probably won't be on. And I just think I just think the atmosphere will be buzzing, and I, I just think they'll they'll deliver. And I think I think we'll have a a two one win. I think a two one win will do it. Um, I think that that defense is quite settled yet, and um, depending on who comes in, if Boyle starts and stuff. But yeah, two one win, and set us up nicely for the for the uh, cup game against Wigan in midweek. So. Yeah, I'm happy with that. I can't believe it's come round so soon. See, my phone got so excited that it just collapsed. I'm working off my phone today. <laughs> there we are. Um, no, great stuff. So I'm going to end this as we started it, which is, if you're watching this on YouTube, you can see behind me this event, which is kind of like, it feels like a private event because it's not like, there's not going to be hundreds and hundreds of people there. But it is going to be good. And five guests for five quid plus stall holders. Food's going to be available. Um, it's going to be great. And we want people to come out and tell us what they like, what they don't like about the uh, about the pod. Just enjoy it. Come along. 
It's um, Thursday, seven o'clock, Mindscreen Hall. Get your ticket in the link in our Twitter and I'll post it here. It'll be on the YouTube link as well. Uh, I'll visit the Mindscreen Hall and the link will be there. But please come along and we look forward to seeing everybody. So until then, um, yeah, let's, uh, let's wrap it up. Exciting. Gonna be good I for- fun. And- I think. For- I forgot that I had some transfer news and I haven't prepped oh, Andy to do the music. Oh, um, oh, <laughs> oh, oh. So can we all just pretend that uh, and, Andy's got them or is he actually getting it ready for us now? Yeah, let's see. I'll right, do some... Right. I think that so was that... the uh, that was the, the one from Madagascar. So some, some penguins were... Uh... We're singing that one. Right. So just before we end, oh, and look, Mr. Richard Watkin is looming in the background for a a special meeting. Um, So some brief transfer news from Mr. Wonderboy, who has kindly provided us with a few updates. Um, So first off, Wrexham target Matty Virtue was not in the Blackpool squad yesterday at all when he's been starting most of their friendly games. Apparently, he's also turned down a move to Carlisle. So, could be interesting to see if he is on his way here. Um, James Norwood rumours. Um, at the time, it was said there was rumours of Norwood, despite him not us not having contacted the club. But I understand yesterday, a local reporter asked again about the prospect of us in Norwood. And their manager, Barnsley's manager, was decidedly more cagey, shall we say. So perhaps there's been some movement on that front. Um, and just finally, Wrexham target Declan John has been demoted in his squad number from three down to 25 at Bolton. He's not been in the last two squads either for their friendlies. So, yeah, a few interesting updates. Maybe we'll see some movement over the next few days. But thank you to Wonderboy for that. Nice one. Right. Let's tie this up. Let's tie this up. So it's a goodbye from me. So long. Take care up the town. Speak to you soon.